Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Thomas Rhett had just heard a song of mine. He got my number somehow. I was like, yo, like this song is amazing. I'm really pumped about what you're doing. Anyway, just complimenting me over text. And I was like, yo, this is so cool. So I see him at the BMI Awards. And I was like, hey, GR. I'm like, are you having fun? And he just looks at me like, who are you? Oh, no. (laughs) And I was just like, okay, that didn't go very well. And my manager was just like, he probably doesn't know what you look like. He just heard your song. Like, he's not Googling photos of you the way girls do. Hi, everybody. This is Keith Evan. This is Frank Ray. Hey, y'all. Maren Morris here. Wishing you a very happy Labor Day weekend. What's up? It's Kane Brown. And I'm Ingrid Andress. Catch me center stage this episode of Country Heat Weekly, which starts now. Happy Labor Day weekend, friends. I'm Amber Anderson, podcasting from Music Row in Nashville. You have found Country Heat Weekly, the destination for country music fans. And I'm Kelly Sutton. Amber and I are country music fans ourselves. And we've been fanning out this week (laughs) in a very big way. Okay, you went to the ACM Party for a Cause, and it looked like it was a blast. It was a blast. The weather was incredible, so really grateful for that. It obviously benefits ACM's lifting lives, Mm -hmm. and so it's just a great night of music at the amphitheater here in Nashville. We had Travis Denning, we had Darius Rucker, Brad Paisley, Sarah Evans, Ingrid Andres. Oh, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> She's our center stage guest today. Yes, she is. It was just so much fun. Well, I was not there for that one, but I did end up at Dirk's Bentley later on. Yes, you did. <laughs> I saw you on socials in all of your Hot Country Nights gear. For those that don't know, Dirk Bentley has an alter ego, an alter ego band, actually. Everyone in the band is a part of the 90s cover band Hot Country Nights. Nights with a K. With a K. Mm-hmm. And I saw the Nights the first night they performed, and I've been a huge fan ever since. So I wore my Hot Country Nights t-shirt and fanny pack, and I was full-on representing. But I will tell you, Dirk Bentley at Bridgestone was amazing. LV Shane opened. Okay. Then we had Dustin Lynch come out. And, you know, his song is Party Mode. It was a full-on party. He had people coming up on stage. People were doing tequila shots. Did he not tell us, though, when he was here with us at Country Heat Weekly, that the Party Mode tour mm-hmm. was going to be just that? 
like a party. So it does not surprise me that he brought it to Bridgestone. Full-on beer pong table behind him while he's performing Amber. It was like watching Let's Make a Deal. People were in costumes. It was craziness. And then Dirks comes running out full speed. It was amazing top to bottom. But the coolest moment for me, he brought out his daughters, Evie and Jordan, and they all did a song from Pink. And it was incredible. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. When they dress you up in lies and leave you naked with the truth. I have to know, was there a backstage hang? I think I know the answer to this, and I'm just trying to just, you know, because I have FOMO. (laughs) Yeah, there was. Mm -hmm. There was a really fun backstage area that we had set up actually before the show. And I talked to Dirks. We talked a little bit about his Seven Peaks Festival coming up. He's added a big tent so that his daughter, Jordan, and her best friend can do their aerial silk routine. Oh, my gosh. I would not expect that at a festival. But, hey— That's awesome. (laughs) It's amazing. So if you are going to Seven Peaks Festival, be on the lookout for the silk routines happening in the big top. So if he added the tent for them, he could add a super glamping ground for you and I. That's what I'm saying. Okay, next year. Next year, Dirks. Next year. (laughs) Mark it down. We have a special holiday weekend edition of the show today. We're going to check in on some of the festivals and fairs this weekend, big and small. And we're going to tell you where the stars will be. Plus, we're going to do a real fanning out segment. Not just you and I going (laughs) to all of our places around here. We are going to connect with some big Walker Hayes fans and find out just how fancy-like they are. They are fancy. I can tell you this. <laughs> they are actually four girls who run the social media account Walker Hayes Updates. They're spread out all across the country, and we'll have two of them zooming in with us today. Plus, we've got the perfect playlist for your weekend road trip. Keeping with the holiday theme, we've dug up some info on what some of our friends did for a job before they made a living making music. And as we mentioned earlier, Ingrid Andress is here. Her second album, Good Person, is out. But she's going to tell us why it feels more like a first album. That's right. So let's get started. Today, we're following our nose to the backyard where we fired up the barbecue grill. Time to find out what's cooking in country music. There's lots of good stuff cooking this weekend, from the backyard barbecues to the campfires to all the festival food. Well... Kelly and I did decide against going to Seven Peaks Festival this weekend. And if you heard our second episode this season, you know that Dirks offered to have us out if we were willing to rough it. We'd have to bring a generator because there's not a lot of power out there because we're in the middle of nowhere. It's a lot of camping. Oh, (laughs) as Kelly and I go, hmm. It's a little more camping and not much, much glamp. We can get you a glamping setup. Okay, okay. Okay. We can glamp. We'll get you a little glamping, a little glamping. But yeah, it's a new location. It's remote. Uh, you got to want it. So it's the Hot Country Nights, of course, will be there. They don't they don't shower anyway in their real life. So this is easy for them. This would be like a, a step up from the, uh, you know, living in the trailer they live in. So it's going to be so fun. I mean, and we'll see how it goes. That's a, it was a good tagline you had there. Seven Peaks Festival. You got to want it. How important is brushing your teeth? Okay, not that important. Come to Seven Peaks. It's a sliding scale. <laughs> 
And we decided that brushing our teeth was very, very important to us. Absolutely. <laughs> it's going to be a fun time, though. Dirks obviously is the headliner. I think he'll probably pop up on stage a few times throughout the weekend as well. Friday night of the festival kicks off with a special lineup of 90s acts, including... Our favorite band, Hot Country Nights. <laughs> Tracy Lawrence will be there, the frontman, and Pam Tillis. I thought about going just for that night, but the whole lineup is so good. Throughout the weekend, fans will hear Jordan Davis, Ashley McBride, Old Crow Medicine Show, Lainey Wilson, Caitlin Smith, Boy Named Banjo, so many of our favorites. I know. Ashley Cook, Ray Fulcher, Jackson Dean, Travis Denning, and Hardy are all going to perform. I mean, did we make the right choice, Amber? Now I'm having second thoughts. We'll just have to stalk social media to see just how rough it is for those fans that are out there actually roughing it. And then we'll work on that glamping setup we were talking about for 2023. That's fair. <laughs> and since we're not going to Seven Peaks, I'm actually going to Charleston to the Sam Hunt, Ryan Hurd, Lily Rose show this weekend. Oh, I'm so jealous. That's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. Three of my favorites. I cannot wait. Another event happening this weekend is right here in Nashville, although it's not purely country-focused. Cheryl Crow and Santa Gold headline live on the green with additional sets from Yola, Moon Taxi, Nikki Lane, Patrick Joni, Ruby Amonfu, and the Wild Feathers. I love Ruby Amonfu. She is one of my friends that I've known forever, and I would love to go see her. Live on the Green is a free outdoor music festival held in downtown Nashville at Public Square Park. I also saw that Brad Paisley headlines Boots and Brews Country Music Festival in Santa Clarita, California on Saturday. This is listed as a family-friendly outdoor event featuring local craft brews and live music. I do love California. Who else is on the lineup? Let's see. Frankie Ballard, Blanco Brown, Morgan Evans, and Avery Anna. Fun! It's also state fair season, everybody. Zach Brown Band is at the Minnesota State Fair on Friday. And I know Blake Shelton headlines the Washington State Fair on Saturday. Oh, our Bessie Breland is opening for Nelly at that one on Sunday. Listen, if you are going to any country music concerts this weekend, please tag us in your pictures. We just want to live vicariously through you. I'm at the Kelly Sutton. And I'm, hey, it's Amber A. Use the hashtag Country Heat Weekly. And remember, kids, make good choices. If you're road tripping this weekend like I am, we have the perfect soundtrack for you. Amazon Music's Road Trip Country Playlist. Driving tunes are hot this weekend, and this playlist has something for everyone. Now, of course, there'd be some that you'd completely expect, like Life is a Highway, Take a Back Road, and Mud on the Tires. But there are some new tunes for you to discover, too, like Tierra Kennedy and Breland doing a song called Miles. You keep You'll find that one on Tierra's self-titled EP. There's also one from Robin Ottolini called F-150 because there's always room for more truck songs in country music. I'll be slowing down, rolling on, making love, but I'll be yes, no. When I sing F-150. Well... Car songs, too, maybe. Keith Urban has a lot of great driving tunes, and Somewhere in My Car made the playlist. But in my mind, we're somewhere in my car, and it's raining hard on the street like, oh, you got your lips on But my favorite entry on this playlist might just be Garth Brooks, Colin Baton Rouge, the live version. Watch out, y'all. This one will make you drive fast. Louise 
Louisiana Highway Patrol will be on high alert this weekend. I know Marin Morris is already on the playlist with the Bones, but I'd add 80s Mercedes to the list. Dan and Shay have a song called Road Trippin'. That's super fun. And you're the queen of road trips, Amber. So I have to know what's on your playlist. Well, obviously, I love the Country Heat playlist, which is where our podcast gets its name. But last weekend, I road tripped to Florida and I was listening to some old, old Dominion. <gasps> like beer can in a truck bed. Beer can in a truck bed. Yeah. Exactly what I was going with that. And you have on your old Dominion t-shirt, so you're representing. I do. Fanning out. We told you guys. <laughs> if you are road tripping this weekend, or anytime for that matter, make sure you check out the Road Trip Country playlist on Amazon Music. This is a segment we get so many comments on. It's called, Who Said That? Yes, this is where we read a quote from a country music star and ask you guys to come up with a theory on who said that. And after the break, we'll play the audio and see if you were right. Okay, this week's quote goes with our Labor Day theme. This artist told us about his weirdest job. Quote, after I got out of high school, I worked for this little company that built bird cages. Big bird cages for the back of zoos. (laughs) Okay, Well, I don't remember reading that in anyone's bio. Yeah, we'll be right back (laughs) with the answer. Happy Labor Day weekend. This is Luke Combs. We're Old Dominion. And I'm Casey Musgraves. Make sure you're following Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to podcasts. When it comes to picking the perfect treats for your dog, Stuart makes the choice easy by keeping it real. Real ingredients, real nutrients, real benefits. Stewart dog treats are free from additives, corn, soy, wheat, and grains. Plus, they're freeze-dried to lock in all the great nutrition and natural flavor your furry friend deserves. Stewart freeze-dried dog treats. Big, tail-wagging nutritional benefits. Available on Amazon.com today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Okay, it's time to tell you who said that. The summer after I graduated from high school, I worked for a little company in Kalamazoo, Michigan that built bird cages. So we would make these big bird cages for like the back of zoos and stuff. And like, it was pretty strange. Brian Hurd. <laughs> you didn't read the Michigan part. That would have given it all away. Right. We'll talk to more stars about their previous jobs at the end of the episode in this week's Burning Questions. Andress is stepping center stage today to talk about her new album, but her backstory is fascinating. Of course, I love the sports aspect of it. Her dad was a strength and conditioning coach for the Detroit Tigers, so she was born in Michigan. And then he went on to work for the Colorado Rockies, so she spent her formative years in Colorado. The music, Amber. We're here to talk about music, not sports. (laughs) I'm getting to that. Ingrid (laughs) played drums and piano, and she and her siblings would stage musicals for her family. But it was on a trip to Boston when the Rockies were playing the Red Sox in the World Series 
that she first learned about Berklee College of Music. So see, sports are important to her story. Okay, okay, I'll give you that. When she was a student at Berklee, she met pop songwriter Cara Diagordi, who mentored her, giving her a publishing deal, and helped her move to Nashville in 2013. Her debut single, More Hearts Than Mine, came out in 2019. It topped the media-based country chart and has since been certified gold by the RIAA. Twenty nineteen was also the year she was a triple Grammy nominee, including being the only country artist in the all genre best new artist category. Her new album is called Good Person, and we're going to dive into it today with Ingrid Andres. Welcome to Country Heat Weekly. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Happy to be here. You look fantastic, by the way. Thank you. Let's talk about the sophomore album. I mean, there's always a lot of pressure when you say sophomore album. There's a lot that comes with it, but especially you had this incredible first album. So how do you even start to approach album number two after the success of Ladylike? Well, what was so unique about my situation was that I put out Ladylike at the very beginning of the pandemic. So it didn't really feel like I put an album out. So it was just, I didn't get to do anything that you normally get to do. And so to me, I didn't really feel that sophomore album pressure. So I just dove right into writing album two after putting out album one. Now you say album two was written during a dark time, like the darkest time ever. Was that just pandemic? Was it personal? Was it kind of just like this perfect storm of all of that? It was the perfect storm of everything. You know, the pandemic made me be a little more introspective because I had the time to think about like, okay, look at your life. Like, are you happy? Are you not? And so that's when I started to like question a lot of things, whether that be like what makes someone a good person because, you know, so many people were being canceled. And then my own relationship, I realized, was like very not good and like kind of toxic. So I was like, huh, okay, well, it's time to work through all these emotions and try to get to the other side, which is the back half of my album, which is the happier side, which is where I am now. So this was kind of like a progression then. Oh, it is. yes. Was this a concept album when you started off or was it just, you know, you're working through the songs that you're already writing and what you're feeling at the time and it laid itself out for you? It definitely ended up laying itself out. I didn't notice it at the time because I was just writing to process the things that were happening. And then when I stepped back and looked at all the songs, I was like, oh, these actually all really go well together. And I was able to put them in the order at which they were sort of conceived on the album. So it definitely starts in a dark, kind of introspective way. And then it slowly becomes happier and happier. And yeah, it's definitely definitely a concept album. What do you think you learned most about yourself during this time making this album? Uh, I think I realized, like, I thought I was being really vulnerable on my first album. But then I realized, like, I could go deeper. And I was like, well, that's terrifying. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know about this. Yeah, I'm like, this vulnerable thing is really, really scary. Um, but it made me realize that if more people aren't more vulnerable about how they feel, like, we're never going to grow as humans of, like, learning how to express ourselves and being really real with each other of, like, I'm going through this right now, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. So it's just, 
I guess I learned how to be more vulnerable and be confident about it instead of, you know, feeling like it was a bad thing that I wasn't, like, doing okay all the time. That is such an interesting concept, to be vulnerable but confident about being vulnerable. That's the next Mm -hmm. level. Like you said, you could go deeper. That is, like, two levels below. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Lots. I mean, we had lots of time on our hands, ladies. <laughs> that so. two weeks lasted a long time. Yeah, the two weeks you really. Uh, I do want to dive in the music. Let's talk about your book. Give us the backstory. What is this more about? What What can we glean from it? Yeah. So everybody has asked me, "Is like, is this about your parents?" And I'm like, "It's about a lot of parents." You know, some of the tendencies in the song that I'm using, I've seen from their relationship, but a lot of it was uh, inspired by just moving from the West to the South and the stigma that's around divorce in the South. Mm -hmm. And I feel like as somebody who's grown up traveling everywhere, I just had never thought that people would, I don't know, stay together just because that's just what you're supposed to do, even though you're miserable. So that whole concept to me was really interesting because it's not just the South, but it's like other religions and other people who feel like they can't get divorced, even though we all make mistakes and sometimes pick the wrong person. So it was really just questioning that whole mentality of, you know, what do I want? Like, I would hope that I, if I ever have kids, show them an example of what a healthy relationship is. So it's like if that If I'm looking at this marriage being like, huh, I wonder why you guys are still together, that doesn't really set me up for success, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's more thinking about how other people are going to view marriage moving forward. They lived in the same house for almost 40 years now. But the last day they were on the same page was in a yearbook. And the next one we want to talk about is pain. Woohoo! Uh, it sounds like a letter to yourself. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about that. So I wrote it as a pump-up song for myself before I broke up with my ex. Because we had been off and on for a really long time, and I was just like, this just isn't healthy. But I know this is going to be really difficult to, like, get over and, like, make it through. Because I'm the worst at breaking up with people. Like, I just feel so bad But I've had to do it every relationship I've been in. I've always had to, like, find a reason. I'm just like, all right, you got this. You got this, girl. So I basically wrote it when I knew it was, like, time to end that relationship. And also just my frustration of not getting to tour my first album and the pandemic. There was just a lot of hurt everywhere that I was feeling. So that was just sort of like that all-encompassing, like, all right, we can do this. It's weird to hear like a title of pain because immediately you have this thought of what you think it's going to yeah. sound like. Uh-huh. <laughs> but then it's like this upbeat pop, you know, like 60s kind of throwback sound. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, oh, there's a twist. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that, though. Yeah, it's I used it as sort of like the transition song in between the dark side and the light because everything gets happier after that. So it's, yeah, it was just one of those moments where after I wrote that, like, a lot of things in my life changed for the better. So 
I love that you wrote yourself a pump up song. Yes. I mean, am I, I a narcissist that? though? I know. Like, oh. I love that because I feel like so many times, like, you know, especially as women, like, we'll be like, oh, I don't think we're supposed to do this. And like, I don't know, but like, that you could like find that within yourself and like, obviously write a song about it. And it's, 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 it's so, so easy awesome. to pump each other up. Like, if you yeah. called me, if you called me, I'd be like, no, girl, you got this. Go right. in there and tell him this is totally. over. But then yourself, it's such a different feeling. Yeah. Because so. you're the one who, at the end of the day, has to bear all those right. feelings and responsibility. And so, and at this point, my friends, they were done pumping me up because they were just like, <laughs> we told you before. We've told you <laughs> so many times that he is awful and we hate him. So we're done pumping you up. Like, you're on your own. And I'm like, respect. I understand. <laughs> I, got, I got it. I understand. Oh I understand. Okay, so a couple of love songs on this album. Yes. Uh-huh. Tell us more about that because this is, I mean, have you done love songs before? Zero. Okay. Yeah. Good. This right. was my first attempt at love songs. So, but it turns out you have to actually be like in love to write a convincing love song. <laughs> so, is there an update there? Yes, we found a new person and he's lovely. <gasps> Great. Oh. Yes. Yes, we love. He's not in music, so. Woo. Yay! <laughs> Even better. But but yes, he is uh the the second pa- part of the album is after I met him, which I wasn't expecting. So I feel like all the love songs I've tried to write before, and I'm not even convinced I'm in love, you know, with mm-hmm. these, like, demos. So this was the first time where I was like, oh, this this song, fa- like, sounds like falling in love, which is so wild. That's crazy, but so exciting. I know. <laughs> Happiness, finally! Yay! How does he feel about being, like, the subject of these songs? He loves it. Yeah. If anything, like, I'm really bad at expressing, like, I'm very... I have very masculine tendencies, and so, and also feminine, but he's better at expressing sentiment than I am. So t- for me, it's easier to write a song. You got all the love I have. I ain't holding nothing back. All the love I have. And you never have to ask. Well, we've got Wishful Drinking on the Country Heat playlist. Yeah. And we noticed this is listed as a bonus track on the album. So is. is that just because it was released before the album? Did it not fit into the story? Yeah, it, it pretty much was a separate chapter from all the things that are in the order. And it that song was really written more for fun because I love like the wordplay and stuff. So that wasn't ever a specific timeline in the, the thing. So, But looking back, because now people are like, why isn't it on the album? I'm just like, Ooh, just didn't, you'll just wait and see, and you'll see. If I put wishful drinking on there, you'd be very confused at, like, who we're talking about. Because, like, I'm not wishful drinking about my ex because I don't miss him. So if I put that on there, it'd be confusing. Maybe I'm just wishful drinking. Get my heart something to sink in. Better make it to nothing I won't do for another round of me and you. Why Sam for your first collaboration? He just has so much swag. When I first moved to Nashville and was doing the songwriter gig, he had just put out his first album. And I was just like, whoa, like, how, what a beautiful, specific sound he's honed for himself. Like, to me, that's artistry is when you're like, I haven't thought of it that way before. I haven't heard it that way before. So I feel like he 
is another artist who stays really true to himself and authentic. And so, which is tough to do in Nashville sometimes because, you know, everyone's trying to find the next best thing, but he just sort of sticks with his thing and he's good with it. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. And y'all sound great together. Yeah, I love the soul in his voice too. That was the main thing. I was like trying to picture other people's voices on it. And I was just like, yeah, no. I'm like, if Sam can't do it, then I'll just do it by myself. So there was no plan B. I actually was pissed the first time I got his vocals take back because I was like, what the heck? I was like, he sounds better than I do. <laughs> I gotta go back in. And I'm like, and literally, so I, I was just like, all right, back to the booth. And I was like, he is not gonna beat me. I'm like, this is my song. <laughs> you can't outsing me, you man. You can't outsing me, Sam. Oh my gosh. Well, listen, we are so happy for Good Person to be out. Thank you so much for joining us. You can get it on Amazon Music wherever you get your tunes. Ingrid Andrus, thank you so much. Thank, thank you so you. much for being here. As we mentioned at the top of the show, Kelly and I are country music fans ourselves, which is probably why we love this segment we do occasionally called Fanning Out. It's where we catch up with some big fans of one particular artist. In past episodes, we've talked to super fans of Kelsey Ballerini and Old Dominion, and this week we are focusing on Walker Hayes. That's right. I've followed the ladies behind the fan account Walker Hayes updates for quite some time. There are actually four friends who take care of the handle, and today we have two of them with us. Welcome, Lindsay and Isabel, to Country Heat Weekly. Hi, ladies. Hi. So tell us where you are. Lindsay, you go first. What part of the country are you in? I am actually in Northern California. And Isabel, where are you? I'm in Salt Lake City, Utah. Okay, and then you've got Courtney and Haley. Where are they from? Haley is in Nashville, and Courtney is in North Carolina. And how did the four of you meet? So... (laughs) it's really funny because, you know, years ago when we first started all following Walker on his socials, he had about 5,000 followers. And whenever there were comments and posts and stuff, we'd always see the same fans commenting on stuff. So it was really easy to find where all his fans were because there was like, you know, 12 of us or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So we, we basically met that way. One day, um, Courtney had direct message us all on Twitter. And she's like, guys, I was talking to Walker's tour manager, Brian, because him and her have always been good friends. He told us that we should start like an updates page because there's none really out there that are quality, good updates pages for Walker. And so that's kind of started it all. And she selected the four of us because she thought we would be good for it. And so that's kind of how we all came together. So you're actually sanctioned by the artist then. You're not just fans. Like, he knows about you guys. And they said, yeah, we want you to do this. Yeah. I think that's why we wanted to do it, too. Because, I mean, our first follows were, like, people from Smack and Walker. So we knew that, you know, we would be able to kind of partner with them and maybe get some information that we could share and collaborate on what might be important to put out there and and information that they wanted to share. Well, from the Smack family, we really appreciate you guys and all the support over the years. We love Smack. (laughs) (laughs) I do too. Um, So combined between the two of you, how many Walker shows have you been to? Isabel and I have to fly to almost everything we go to, but I think the next show I go to, I'll be at 30, I think. Yeah, I would say like, 45 between the two of us, almost 50. Which is mind-blowing if you have to fly everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. crazy. I literally have known Walker since he's come to town, and I haven't seen him 30 <laughs> times. 
it's like our happy place. We love going. And now um, we've been able to do a couple of group trips. So the four of us have gone together. So what is it about Walker? Why was he the artist that you seemed to gravitate towards? Lindsay, I'll start with you. When I first heard his music, the thing that stood out to me the most was just how honest and vulnerable he is in his, in his songwriting. Music has always been really important to me. It's kind of the way I process things. It's how I um, cope with things in life. I just kind of zone out and listen to music. And when I heard some of those early songs on the eight tracks, like Beer in the Fridge, The Comedian, Halloween, Leela Stars, they just sort of blew my mind that somebody would be like, here's all my junk. You know, this is all the stuff I've been through. And this is where I'm at in life. And this is what I've learned. And this is what I'm still learning. And so it just really spoke to me. There's some things that he's gone through that I've gone through as well. And I was just like, the world needs to hear this. All right, Isabel, why is Walker your happy place? Well, when I started listening to him, I was 12. The first song I ever heard was um, You Broke Up With Me, the eight track. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like it, it, it was nothing like I'd ever, I never heard anything like it before. And I remember... I was on a road trip to California and I listened to it at least half the trip there, which is like, it's a 10 hour drive. So I was probably listening to it for five hours straight. And so it was just like nothing I'd ever heard before. And I think that is what really made me want to go back for more. And obviously once I met him, I was like, well, he's the greatest guy I've ever met. So Isabel, how many times have you met Walker? I don't even, I do not have a count. I would say it's definitely over 30 times. Lindsay, what about you? Yeah, I mean, every time I go to a show, you know, we're so, so blessed that we're able to hang out a bit. The first time the four of us, all of us, all four together, the first time was in 2020. We actually talked to uh, Marissa from Smack and told her we wanted to do a trip out to Nashville and surprise him. So she set up a, he thought he was like meeting somebody for lunch or something at a restaurant. And we were all sitting there <laughs> when he walked up. <laughs> so that was really fun. Okay, so my question is, when we had, I think all of us here have known Walker from the beginning. I mean, you mentioned Beer in the Fridge, and I just listened to that over the weekend, and I'm like, this is such a great song. So we've all been rooting for him. And then we see something like fancy, like Take Off. How proud did you feel at that moment? Because I think... Amber and I, I know, we're super proud to see it skyrocket and to watch him just get catapulted into the stratosphere. So what did that do to you, Lindsay? You know, it's it's still hard even a little over a year later. It's still even hard now to put into words what that felt like and what that feels like. It's just this thing of where you're rooting for somebody that for years you've been calling radio stations and they won't play his music, you know, or you talk about him and no one knows who he is. And then you have fancy, like just take off the way that it did. I mean, the first time I saw it, it performed live was at a show in Temecula, which is near San Diego. And it was still not peak, but it was like climbing and it was so loud and it was like a hundred and something degrees outside. And I was just trying not to cry. So I was like, oh, it's just sweat. <laughs> <laughs> and do you guys have, I know I do. Do you guys have a favorite Walker song? Um, there's just so many. One of my favorites is um, Wish I Could Drink. I feel like that one's really underrated, but it's one of my favorites. That's definitely an underrated song. Uh, my favorite song is Halloween. And it's not just my favorite Walker song. It's my all-time favorite song. Um, I just really relate to the lyrics. I was definitely one of those kids who wore different masks and trying to figure out who I was. And 
like Walker, I met my husband in high school. So my story with my husband kind of parallels him and Lainey a little bit. And so um, that song just means a lot to me. I love Black Sheep in live. I always say that song bumps live (laughs) in like a completely different way. But again, I feel like that's just another one like that's so underrated. But do you have, Isabel, a favorite TikTok dance? I, well, I'm actually not a very good dancer, but I can do DeLorean pretty well. So that one's my favorite because I, because I have it down. That's the one he taught Kelly and I when, when he came into the podcast. (laughs) What about you, Lindsay? Well, DeLorean's special to us because we heard that that song many years ago and we told him every chance we could that he needed to put that song out because we just loved it. And then we all learned the dance. Isabel actually made us DeLorean shirts and she made him one and we all did the dance and we have a video of it. So that was super fun. But I just learned Y'all Life and I'm not a great dancer either, but it's fun and I can't wait to do it at uh, one of the shows coming up. Well, ladies, thank you so much for being a big fan of Walker, for helping his music get heard, and for talking to us today. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you so much. And for everybody listening, if they want to follow along, where can they find you guys? We are on Instagram and Twitter. You can look us up at Walker H Updates. Next week on the podcast, we are going to have a party, literally. Because John Party is going to be here. We'll celebrate his new album, Mr. Saturday Night. And in the weeks to come, we've got Kane Brown, Kelsey Ballerini, and Little Big Town lined up. So make sure that you're following the show on your favorite podcast app. We want you to be a part of the group that gets the episodes first. Speaking of following, give us a follow on social media to see behind-the-scenes content and hit all the events and shows with us. I'm Hey, it's Amber A. And I'm the Kelly Sutton. Have a happy and safe Labor Day weekend. This week, in celebration of the upcoming Labor Day weekend, we asked the stars about their worst jobs. What was yours, Kelly? Um, I worked at a place called County Line Rodeo, half an acre of dancing and romancing, where I <laughs> had to deliver drinks. I was a waitress, and I was horrible at it. It lasted two months. Uh, how about you? What was your worst job? I would have to say my very, very first job, which was at a sandwich shop slash ice cream parlor slash pizza place on the military base. No, that's too many. (laughs) Too many things being served there. There was a lot going on. There was a lot going on. Well, a lot of the guys in country music had outdoor gigs. Not fun in the southern states. Mm. Here are some hot takes, literally, from Kit Moore, Charles Kelly, and Billy Carrington. Laying sod in the South Georgia heat. Nothing worse than that. I mean, they used to do lawn care every summer, and oh, man, I do not miss that. Roofing houses. Down there in South Georgia, it is hot. George boys had it rough. Priscilla Block was indoors, but it really wasn't any more pleasant. Cleaning Airbnbs. That was really interesting because you would find some crazy things in that, those Airbnbs. Those bachelorette parties, all I'm saying is I want to be invited next time. Tyler Hubbard did a job that I didn't even know that they hired someone for. (laughs) I polished silverware at Maggiano's for like seven (laughs) months, probably, in hopes to just be a server there. Definitely something I'm grateful to have moved on from. Country Heat Weekly is a production of Amazon Music and Wondery. Executive producer is Melissa Locker for Nevermind Media. Senior producer is Joyce Reiser. Recording engineer, Aaron Dethridge. Sound design by Tim Einenkel. Production assistance from Debbie Daughtry 
Amy Reuter, Madeline O'Connell, and Jeremy Chua. Our theme song, Country Time, was written and performed by Mia Byrne. The team for Amazon Music and Wondery includes Nathan Brackett, Michelle Kammerer, Emily Feld, Callum Blues, Emily Belote, and Jenny Tay. The executive producers for Wondery are Dave Easton and Marshall Louie. Critical production support from Marley, Steve, Grace, Winnie, Moses, Wicket, Jake, Osmo, Abby, and all the other very good dogs out there. Find and follow Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll get the latest episodes just as soon as they drop. Murder on My Mind, a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus, explores the circumstances leading up to the murder of two young men and the mistrials of the man accused of killing them. Up-and-coming rapper YNW Melly gained notoriety in the hip-hop world for his shocking lyrics and criminal exploits. When two of his best friends were gunned down in a drive-by shooting, investigators suspected the young rapper staged the scene. But after not one but two trials that ended in hung juries and new evidence that may place YNW Melly at the scene of the crime, his trial has been paused indefinitely. With countless twists and turns, Law and Crime covers all angles of the case and begs the question, is this young artist the victim of a witch hunt or a silver-tongued devil who's evil to the core? Listen to Murder on My Mind exclusively and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.